Yo, yo, before this episode gets going, just a friendly reminder that the DJ Mag Top 100 voting has opened. Last year, you guys voted us in at number 77, and we could not thank you enough, but we need your support again this year. So if you think we deserve it, we're going to put the link in the description of this episode. Head over there, vote Breathe Carolina as your number one artist, and we will be in your debt forever. So yeah, with that said, enjoy the show and uh, vote Breathe Carolina. We love you guys. Thank you. Goodbye. Yes, so, yes, so, yes, so, yes. Yes, so, yes, so, yes, so, yes. Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Oh Yes podcast. We got our boy, Chris. Franzak, a.k.a. Franz, a.k.a. the man of mystery. <laughs> What's up, bro? What's what up, the mystery, bro? bro? Well, I don't know. That's the mystery. Yeah, I guess that is the mystery. No one knows what the mystery is. That's the puzzle. Uh, how's your day going, bro? Good, good. Excited to be out here in L.A. and surrounded by amazing people. Amazing people. That's how we do it. So you're just visiting out in L.A., just chilling? Yeah, visiting, chilling, getting some work done, doing a little studio work. And, and where do you live full time? Podcasts. Yeah, we do the podcast. I live in Orlando, Orlando, Florida. I knew that, but for everybody listening. You know yeah, I mean? for everyone listening, I live in Orlando, Florida. How do you like, Mickey uh, Mouse? How do you like Florida to California? I feel like a lot of people compare like because they're both nice all the time. Like how do you how do you yeah. compare the two? So, first of all, it's a hell of a lot cheaper to live in Florida. You get a lot more for your money. Uh there's you don't have to deal with LA traffic. Um <laughs> I don't know. It's different. Like the weather's way different it's kind of like humid as fuck right chilly out here to me really it's nice like the weather's well, nice but yeah it's been nice like the past couple of days but it was like cold for a good like month it was like kind of rainy and like cold it was shitty this morning yeah. when i went yeah. to the gym this morning it was hell outside i feel like whenever i talk about florida i feel like i'm a car salesman because i i like sell florida to <laughs> yeah. people you're like yeah, listen anyone that it. doesn't live in la i feel like sells their city pretty hard like we we used to have managers <laughs> that lived in oklahoma and they always do they would call me like you could buy a house right now for a hundred K, man. I'm telling you, I'm like, I don't want to live in Oklahoma, Oklahoma bro. Oklahoma. Like- <laughs> no. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that, man. Yeah. Uh, but no, like from a business standpoint too, when you live in Florida, you don't pay any state tax. Um, you save a lot of money. Taxes are lower. Um, but yeah, like I said, you get a lot more for the money. Flights out of Orlando are great and cheap. I can go anywhere in the world. It's easy to get in and out of. And yeah, I don't know. I like being in LA though. Cause I always get a lot done when I'm here and there's a lot of ways to network and yeah. build yourself as a musician or artist. I always say, so. I wish I wasn't from here because like, if I wasn't from here, I could move somewhere. But because I've been here my whole life, oh, leaving yeah. would be so Don't hard. As stupid as I know it is to live here. Yeah. Like I was looking at houses in Vegas. I was looking at houses everywhere. And I was like, all right, maybe we'll, I'll buy in Vegas. And then I was like, I just don't want to leave just because it's what I'm used to. Where are you from originally? Uh, so I was raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. So I lived there for, you know, the majority of my life. But I've lived in Florida for the past pretty much eight years, nine years. Is your so, family still in Atlanta? Yeah. That's quick, right? Orlando to Atlanta is not very far. Oh, yeah. 45-minute flight, 60 bucks. Easy. I mean, nice. there's a band named Florida Georgia Line. It's the line. <laughs> that's how you know it's close. That's <laughs> the line. You know. That's how. That's, that's actually, that's scientifically how you know it's close. <laughs> that's mean. So you're in, a, you're in a band called Attila. Yes. So you guys just put out a record very recently. You did it independently. Yeah. How was that uh, whole process yeah, explain for you? The, explain like the label to independent, how, how that situation was different. Yeah, so it's interesting because there's not really any bands at all in our genre that are independent and unsigned. Yeah, no. So we're kind of like paving the way for that option. And a lot of people are like, whoa, holy shit, this is really cool. Like mad respect to you guys. Um, basically, 
you know, Attila has been a band for 15 years and we got signed, you know, a few years into our career and our whole career, we were on a label and, you know, I own a record label too. So I am not anti record label. I just feel like record labels serve a purpose and the purpose that record labels serve, especially in 2019, I think is to build your band, help you help market you, uh, promote you, help you build those connections and take those steps. And for Attila being the size band we are, there's literally nothing that a label can benefit us right now. Right. We've come so far in our career. We have our fan base. Our fans are dedicated. We have our formula. We have our team. We have everything. Like we don't need anything a label can give us unless a label just randomly wants to fork out like millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cool, I'll take it, whatever. But that's not going to ever happen ever again because the nature of the music industry has changed and there's just not that much money in music anyways. Yeah. So, as soon as I saw yeah. you guys were, uh, like as soon as I saw you guys were doing that and I saw like you were doing like singles, like like before you announced your album, you guys were just like putting out songs as you yep. were recording them. I was like, I can't believe other, because where we, where we are now in dance world, that's what you do. You finish a song, you could put it out five weeks, like not even five weeks later, like a four weeks later, whatever, just a little bit of a yeah. rollout plan. And we're just putting stuff out digitally as it comes. Cause like realistically, it's like people don't, aren't really buying physical copies anymore. Like, nope. and if they are, it's like special. Like I saw you guys signed all of them and like sold them. That yeah. Way, we only like printed 1000 copies of our new album villain and we signed every single one and that's it. And people are so mad. They're like, I missed out. Like the CD's so good. Like print more. I want one. And we're just like, no. Yeah, we told we made, you. <laughs> we told you we made 1,000. We signed them all and that's it. We're never going to make it again. Like, it's, it's like almost like a CD now is like what vinyl used to be back in yep, the day. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. But yeah, the, the nature of music is just changing. And I think that like you said, being independent and unsigned gives us so much of a greater connection with our fans. We can literally go into a studio, record a song and drop it that day. Yeah. And there's so many politics involved with a record label that you could never do that if you're on a label because they're going to want to do a rollout or no, we don't want you to release a single that needs to go on the album or no, this, that like timelines, rollout, this, that. It's like we could do whatever the well, fuck yeah, we that's want. What I was going to say is it has to be, you know, there's so much pressure taken off because everything is in your hands. You don't have like a boss basically like, no, no I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like this. It's like, yo, I'm in control of my shit. If this sells 10 million copies, it's because of me. If it sells one, it's because of me, but at least it's because of me and not because the label dropped the ball. Because a lot of times bands work so hard and they do all of this shit and put their heart and soul into these albums and the label just drops the ball and it's like, okay, well, fuck. Like, what the, why'd we do that? You know what I yeah. mean? And it's like, when it's on you, you really are in control of everything. I think it's fucking sick. Exactly. And I think that's what helped the success of our new album is we didn't have like pressure. We didn't have a timeline. We took, literally two years to create and record this album. We recorded with three different producers all across the country in different corners of the country. And, you know, we took our time like, oh, we're going to record with this guy this month, take a month, write some more, record with this guy. Whereas like with a record label, they're going to say, hey, your release date is yeah. this date. Your studio time is this time. Two this is the timeline. Yeah, you've got two months and you're like, holy shit, we still need to write all these extra songs. So there was no rush, took our time, created the best music we could that we truly believed in and did it all on our own, paid for it on our own, did it all. And yeah, know. that was one thing. It was really hard for us when we did uh, our last album with Fearless is like we put all this time in and like really grinded it out, did all this stuff. And it was just like so on their terms and we wanted a different thing. 
that when we left and we signed to now we're on spinning when we signed to spinning it was such a different thing like they were like you guys can just do whatever you want like like we turn in the artwork we turn in everything and they just support it and like that's it we don't have to like adhere to anything there's no rules there's no regulations it's literally just like yo here's our new song we want it out in four weeks like pay for the video they're like cool like and it's, it was just such a different thing you know what yeah, I mean? so like, it's almost like being independent it's still keeping your freedom it's almost exactly like being independent except we get like their machine pretty much which, yeah, is, yeah, which is awesome yeah yeah and for me like like i said i own a record label stay sick recordings so i already have that built-in machine i have my distribution deal i have all the connections i need and i can utilize that for my own band to still be unsigned yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> that's, that's perfect a, well, i was gonna ask did you like uh like for packaging and all that stuff, did you like use the guys that you would use for like your label? Like exactly. you have that network. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we awesome. still do that. We uh, actually something I'm really excited about this year is we officially opened up our own compound. So, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, I was literally about to ask you that. Yeah. In Orlando where, where we're based, we, you know, we bought a compound and in that compound is our record label office. It's where we store all the Attila gear. We shoot music videos in there. Um, everything. Uh, my bass player, Kalen has a recording studio in there. And we also uh, have like a merch department that we ship everything out of. So it's literally a full-blown operation that we do all, all on our own and with the help of our employees who are incredible. Yeah. So do you, and do like you guys family. control the Attila merch now too? Yeah, we do. That's amazing. So yeah, literally anything we want to drop, anything we want to do. And it's I'm just excited to see how it, um, you know, builds as the future goes on because, you know, thinking about it, like we have all these releases that are all on labels we only have one as an unsigned band, but damn, like in a few years, once we have like multiple albums unsigned, like that's going to be like really uh fruitful. Like, yeah. It's yeah. going to well, be it's great. Just crazy how the, how the landscape has changed. You know what I mean? Like you don't need not like, not to say that like all of us didn't have success on labels, but the amount of success you need to have signed to make the same money you would need unsigned is like insane. Cause you need to recoup oh, yeah. all this money and stuff. And you're like, Yo, if we had an album that did half the amount, but we were unsigned, we would make double the amount of money because we're not recouping like some crazy <laughs> yeah. shit. So it's just crazy. It's really cool that you guys did it. And I, I can see bands like following that now. I don't think anyone has had the balls to follow your footsteps yet yeah. in the band world, but I think you're going to see a lot of bands like, yeah, be like you I know what? So, man. Our deal's done. Like, we don't need to do this. You know what I mean? I hope so. I think sometimes people just feel like they have to be on a label like, yeah. or else. And it's like, it's like validation. No. Well, it's validation. You feel like you're not yeah. legit unless you're on a label. And it's like, that's not the case anymore. It's an like, old way of day. thinking that it's not going to really yeah. work with the future of music. Yeah. Yeah. Things are evolving and that's just how it is. So you either evolve with the times or, you know, fucking don't, don't complain. Get sucked. <laughs> yeah. Get one, sucked into the storm. One thing about you that was dope too, is you're like super involved in like businesses. You like love doing businesses. What like struck that for you? Like, like most guys that are in bands are just like, I'm just here to fucking party rage and fucking, yeah. like, which also is fun. And you also do it's but, really fun. Yeah. Which is also fucking sad. But like, I do that too. But like what struck like you liking the business side of like not only music, but just business in general so much. I think my love for business started when I was really young. So um, you know, my parents kind of always set me up to where like, Hey, if you want money, if you want nice things, like you're going to have to pay for it because we're not going to do it. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. So, um, I would say like for me being an entrepreneur and doing business started when I was probably, I think I was only seven years old. And so my grandpa worked at a driving range, like a golf course, and he would bring over these like massive industrial trash bags filled with golf balls. 
my dad was a manager of a grocery store and he would bring me empty egg cartons and I put two and two together and I would go through these golf balls, organize them, uh, sort them by brand, condition, everything. I would load up my little red wagon, those little red kid wagons that we all had back in the day. I would load it up with all these egg cartons filled with dozens of golf balls. And then my neighborhood was like kind of a poorish neighborhood, but we were next to more of like a middle-class, upper-class neighborhood. So I would pull my wagon to the next neighborhood and look in the garage and see which houses had golf bags in the garage. And I would knock on the door and be like, hey, what's up? My name's Chris. I'm selling golf balls. And <laughs> literally, like, no, no fucks given. Like, seven years old, hustling. So I would just hustle golf balls. And then I built it up to where I knew, like, this house, this house, this house. Like, these are all the golfers. These are all the golfers in my neighborhood, this neighborhood. And I would just, like, go to them once a month or twice a month, bring my wagons, sort the golf balls, make money. And then when I was probably, like, nine years old, I started doing my own lawn care business where I would have my, you know, lawnmower, weed whacker, blower. And I would just go to all the shittiest lawns in the neighborhood that were like five <laughs> foot tall grass, yeah. like the people that didn't give a fuck. <laughs> but I was like, I was ruthless, dude. Like I had that ruthless mentality. I would put the mower in their yard, crank it on without them knowing. And then I would go knock on the door and be like, Hey, what's up? My name's Chris and I'm here to mow your lawn. You're like, you know, it's, it's already on. So and I mowed your lawn. You owe me a hundred bucks. <laughs> they, they couldn't deny me, dude. Cause like, how are you going to deny like a little kid hustling? So I would just crank the mower on and be like, Hey, it's going to be 20 bucks. I'll do the front and back. And they were just like, done. Just hand me cash. Like, just like that. So I would do that for like a couple years. And I don't know, just like starting businesses like that, like as small as they were at such a young age is what kind of fueled that for me. Cause I was like, I can make my own money and there's no cap. Like if I work harder, I make more. Yeah. If I work less hard, I make less. And so that kind of mindset was instilled in me from a very young age. And then it just never stopped. You know, I developed a love for music. And like you guys said, you're very right in saying that most musicians are only music, right? Don't know shit about business. And that's why a lot of these bands get sucked into terrible record deals and get stomped on and taken advantage of and money stolen from. And cause nobody knows shit. Like if you know music, it's not a bad thing. It's just the way most people are is like either music or business, right. but not both. And I'm just someone who is very blessed to have both to where I love business and music. So yeah. well, Sweet. you need that because there's so many horror stories and it took, it took us a while too, to really get into that mindset. But there's so many horror stories of bands that like are in like hundreds of thousand dollars of merch debt because they didn't really look at their deal or understand what was happening. And that the fact that like you guys own your own merch, like it shows that you knew what you were doing when those things were going down. And that's so important. Yeah. Really yeah, exactly. And you know, what's cool is everyone in my band is very business oriented. And I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if it's like me just like rubbing off on them for so many <laughs> years, but, and also them just being smart people, but we're all very in tune with business and how the machine runs. And, and does the whole band live in Orlando? Me and Chris my me and my bass player Kalen live in Orlando. Chris still uh, lives in downtown Atlanta. He's still holding it down for Atlanta. Nice. <laughs> Classic. How do I tighten this? I want this like it's not. I think that. I know, but I'm like fully torqued right now. I'm fully cranked, and it's <laughs> still cranked. It's I'm fully cranked, and it's slipping on me. Oh. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> we need a we need a mic stand sponsor. I don't know. I don't no, know I think this is there. good now. I think I just twerked it up more. 
So you have a you have a huge clothing brand, Stay Sick. Yes. And that came obviously after Attila, I would imagine, or was it around the same time? It was in the earlier days of Attila. So I started Stay Sick Clothing in 2011. Um, basically, I had a passion for clothes and I had all these ideas for t-shirts and shit I wanted to wear. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just make my own clothing brand because I have all these ideas for clothes that I want to wear. So I'm just going to make it my own. Yeah. And And that's kind of how it all started. I wasn't trying to like, necessarily like impress anyone or you know do something for someone else other than myself i was just like hey i have ideas for clothes that i would like to wear that i think are great and i'm gonna make a clothing company so i can create these clothes for myself and then also give the world an opportunity to buy the clothes that i wear too so yeah that's all um so when did attila start like you guys have been ripping for a grip a long time. You guys have too, yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, straight drop. We, we I mean, you <laughs> you started it 2007, nine? 2000 and, I think it was 2008 was like right when, like the beginning of 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, when did, I think you got blood on your teeth or on your you lip. Are? Just wipe it. You're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. There's a lot of funny Dude, things happening. <laughs> I was at the gym fighting, so. Damn, beating ass. <laughs> um, all right, back to the script. Uh, it's not a script, by the way. This is yeah, this is just a real ass conversation. There's no script. You can tell so, that I have blood on my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the script, bro. So uh, Attila started in 2004, dude. I was um 14 years old, and I met up with these dudes that were older than me. Actually, it was um our original drummer, Sean. <clears throat> I was a freshman in high school. He was a senior, and he handed me like what was Attila before Attila. He handed me like a burnt CD in a ludicrous case and of his metal band. And I was like, it's like a metal demo, but in a rap case, I'm like, I like your vibe already. Cause yeah. I love rap and metal, blah, blah, blah. One thing turned to another, we hit it off and Attila was born. You know, I joined the band and made it Attila. And yeah, I mean the first, you know, the first five, six years were a total struggle shit show. You know, that's like a big thing I tell people, especially like, a lot of the younger bands on my record label, when they're stressing about this or that, I'm like, dude, I'll be honest with you. Um, I ate total shit for the first six to seven years of my right. band's career to where like, I couldn't even afford like a dollar menu item from Taco Bell. Like, yep. and you know, I, we would have, I would have to like siphon gas out of cars to put in our van to make yeah. it to a show, like fucked up shit that is like not good, but yeah, it was a struggle. And I would say around, you know, what year would that be? Like 2000, you know, 11, 2012, 2013. That's when things kind of started to like ramp up for Attila. And I kind of was like, wow, this is, um, this is very real. This is becoming big. Yeah. And it was very refreshing to kind of hit that point where I'm like, cool, I can actually like focus on just music and not have to constantly have a job. You know? Well, it felt good because you like put in the work and like you didn't give up and you didn't like a lot. It's not cut out for every, everybody's not cut out for that kind of yeah. shit. A lot of people were like, I'm going to go for two years. If it doesn't work out, fuck it. I'm going to go work for my dad or whatever the, yep. the, whatever the case may Everyone be. Everyone has a backup plan, but I never, ever, ever had a backup plan. Yeah. I never had a plan B. And I feel like the moment in your mind that you tell yourself that there's a plan B or a backup plan, if you fail, you're kind of already telling your mind that there's a chance for failure that you might fail. And I think that in itself will cause you to fail. So when I started Attila, no backup plan, no other option. I only wanted to do music and I was going to do anything to reach that goal. 
And one thing I always told myself is, as long as we're making forward progress, it doesn't matter how fucking small the progress is, as long as we're making forward progress, I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to stop. And sure enough, every year, the progress might have only been this much, but every single year we made progress and I never quit, never lost sight, kept going. And eventually shit worked. Yeah. It's, it's so funny you say that because it's so true. I, uh, it's like the one thing I tell like any kids we meet, any producer, any band, any anything, they're like, oh, what do you like expect? I'm like, listen, like it's not for everyone. And if you're doing this as like a side thing or you're doing it as like a, yeah, I like do this, but I'm also doing this. It's like, you're never going to get there. It's you're never going to reach it. There's, there's two ways to really get there. You're either so rich or your dad is so rich. <laughs> you can buy in, which is like not very many people like, yeah, or you're so broke that you have no other option, but to grind it out yeah. and make it like you the people that really make it. You can't go any lower. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you meet kids who are like, yeah, man, I want to be like a DJ or I want to be in a band. And they're like, you know, like if it doesn't work, I'm going to give it like four years. And if it doesn't work, then I'm going to go work for my mom. And we've had like a bunch of friends yep. like that. And we're like, I, I don't know how to say it to them when they tell me that, but I'm just in my mind. I'm like, you're never going to reach that goal that you want to reach in your mind because it's not as important as, to you as it is to that guy who's yep. homeless if he doesn't make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how we are. Like, exactly. Like we didn't have parents give us money. Like we were giving our parents money at one point. <laughs> that's just how, yeah. you know, that's how it was. So it's cool to hear you say that because it's so, it's so true. Yeah, it's so true because there's so many people that want it so bad. And if you're not as dedicated as that person, who, you know, you're not going to make it. They're going to make it. Exactly. Everyone's fighting for a chance at the top. And I always say it. I say it every you single know? episode. I'm like, there's, we're pretty much all the same level of talented. Like, obviously there's like the Adele's and stuff, but pretty yeah. much all of us are degenerates who are like slightly talented. <laughs> and it's like, who's going to outgrind the next guy? That's like, that's how you like get there. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly, man. So you guys are going to somewhere that's pretty crazy coming up. Are you allowed to say it? Yeah, it's the already tour's already announced. Okay. So. You guys are going to Africa, bro. That's Africa. wild. That's we have not been there. It's a place we haven't no, been. No, like, how the fuck am I, am I going somewhere you guys haven't been? You guys are the world travelers over here. I mean, that's Africa is wild. Like, are you excited? Are you scared? Are you Excited as fuck, dude. Like, I don't care. I've been in, like, where we're going is nice. Um, yeah, it's like New Zealand, like, basically. Yeah, right? and I've heard nothing but good things. But, dude, we've been sent to third world countries. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, if I, if I die in some weird country or some fucked it's up shit story. happens, that's a tight story. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could die in a car crash. That's fucking whack. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I cannot die in Orlando. If I die in Singapore, it's fine. But Orlando, fuck that. Oh, yeah. So how many shows are you guys playing in Africa? So we're doing uh, three shows, and I think we're there for about a week. So we'll have like some safari days. I want to go in a cage and with great white sharks. That's oh, my dude, goal. That'd be so sick. Yeah. You guys went to, uh, I was talking to Kalen about it. You guys went to Israel, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's where I was born. So like when oh, he told nice. me that, I was like, damn, do you guys like it? Dude, I loved it, but that was also a culture shock. I was just telling the story of Israel to a friend uh, the other day. So when I landed in Israel, like the agent that stamps your passport grabbed me. He grabbed my skin like this. And Whoa. he was like, he was like, what the fuck? Or something like that. And I was like, huh? But I didn't realize like how big of a deal tattoos are yeah, there. Like they, they don't fuck with it, you know? And it was weird. Like, so, you know, my skin got grabbed and like, we went to Jerusalem too, which is like the oldest, most traditional city in the world. And yeah, like the same shit would happen. Like grandmas and grandpas would be like, grab my no skin. barrier. Like they no will touch barrier. you, they will talk like, to you. Hands on me and like grab my arm and grab my skin. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, um, and I'm just like, damn, like I didn't know tattoos were that, that big of a deal, but 
yeah, it's a huge deal. And then people that live there were telling me like, you can't be buried there if you have tattoos. So yeah, like me and my brothers can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery, even though we're like the most Israeli people you could ever yeah. be. My mom teaches at the most prestigious like Hebrew school. Yeah. I can't be buried. I'm, well, they can skin me essentially, which is like, exactly. I don't know that that's what I want. Exactly. So. And that's, that's what they were telling us. So the people like in Tel Aviv, it's a, it's a beach town. So everyone's in bathing suits. And you would see like, you would see tattoos, but literally like the size of a quarter and like way up here. Like, so people will have like, that's like the most badass you can get. <laughs> the, yeah. They're, they're, they're reason, willing to be skinned. But that they're, they're going to get skinned. So like, they're, they're just going to cut the tattoo off when they die and then bury them. And I was just like, they explained it to me. I was like, holy shit, that's insane. Like, it's so crazy. Imagine skinning me. Like, no, yeah, I would just, no, you're done. You you're, would have to like burn me I mean, like we could cremate you and then pour you in the i don't know but then yeah you'd have to like burn my tattoos off yeah. or like my whole body would just be like skinned it's like, so crazy because growing up jewish like there's not a lot of restrictions for judaism like it's a very laid back like religion so like growing up like i just didn't even think about it then i got tattooed and my mom told me that and i was like i didn't even know that was a thing like we're yeah. it's such a chill thing like i don't know it's it's it's, it's a crazy thing um yeah, what else? What else we got? Bone Crew. Bone Crew. You got a side project. It's like rap or trap metal, you call it. Yeah, trap metal. So how do you how do you how do you feel about that as you guys just had your life? first show, right? Was it the first show? Yeah. We just played the first Bone Crew show like Saturday. So a few it? days ago. It was fucking cool, dude. So um basically I had the idea for Bone Crew. It was like we were on Warp Tour, I think it was 2017, and I just had this idea, like, I want to mix like legit top forties trap music with like the heaviest metal ever. And, but I don't want to do like the rap parts. I want to have a legit fucking rapper do it. And I had this right when I thought of the idea right away, my friend, Justin, uh, Boy J came to mind and I was like, I'm going to hit him up. I know he's going to be down. He loves metal and he's one of the best rappers I've ever met. And, um, so I hit him up and was like, yo dude, I got this project. I want to start that's like trap metal. And are you down? He was just like, fuck yeah. So I worked on this project behind the scenes in private for a full year. And I didn't want to like, that was part of my like thought process behind this is I don't want to tell people what I'm doing or show people snippets or like drag this out. I just want to do the fucking thing and drop it on the world. So yeah. for a year, I was working on it, working on it, recording, um, creating the music and then when I was ready, I dropped it. So I dropped it um, just this past August. So it hasn't even been a full year yet. I dropped the EP and straight up, I was like, people are either going to love this or hate it. I mean, I don't care either way. Once again, this is all on me because everything came from my brain. Everything was like an idea of mine. So if people love it, fuck yeah. If people hate it, that's on me. Dropped it. And then I shit you not, 24 hours later, we were on XM radio and I couldn't believe it because that's something I've always wanted. Like a goal of mine was to be on XM radio. And for some reason, like even though Attila has written what I think are perfect songs for XM radio, they, <clears throat> at that time, they had never given us any love. So it was just so wild to me that this side project I created 24 hours after dropping is on XM radio. And I didn't hit up XM radio. I self-released it. So my label didn't hit up XM radio cause I did it on my own. Yeah. So I was just like, what the fuck? It was just like, fully organic. Somebody just fully organic. Like yeah. I think it was just Jose Mangan heard it and was like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Through it started spinning it and people were like, yo, we like this. And it just kept going and going. And I was like, wow, this is really fucking cool. I can't 
believe it's real. Yeah, that's that's. Crazy. Do you guys have plans to do like another album? Because you guys did a whole album, right? Or was it an EP? So we did a five song EP, and right now, like musically, we're pretty much done with the album. We're just in the process of um, you know, like deciding which songs to keep, which songs to cut. Yeah. And um, then me and Jay just have to record vocals. Like he already started recording on a couple tracks, and I haven't. I've I've done like a couple, but we're just um figuring out organizing the album and recording vocals and then I'm fucking good and we're gonna have are a full you like, length uh, album. Are you making the beats yourself? Are you working with different producers that you like? Like how are you I'm working with a few different producers. So I'll basically like come to the table with like a concept or an idea. Um, you know, I'm good at like beats and breakdowns like con conceptually, but I can't physically like hop on the computer and create it. Right, right, right. It's something I wanna learn, but I can't physically do it on my own. So I just have people that I trust and like to work with and I'll tell them the concept and the idea and we'll just fucking, they'll help me create it and bring it to fruition. That's fucking sick. Are you, uh, are any of the like Attila dudes helping you like guitar part wise or anything? Or are you just having the producers do it? Or you um, No one, no one in Attila is involved with Bone Crew, but it's not something like I think me or them would be opposed to, right, you right. know? But I, I enjoy like the people I work with and I think I have like a good team and formula down to make this happen. So, Do you, you know, if it's not broke, have, don't fix it. Does Attila even have like management or anything? Or are you guys pretty much, because you guys are so business savvy that I would imagine you could manage yourselves if you really wanted to. Um, we, ha we have a manager. Our manager is Mike Milford. He's, uh, he's like my best friend and also my partner with the record label. Um, but yeah, he's been our manager for pretty much 10 years, man. That's crazy. Oops. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah he's been our manager forever and he's literally like the only person in the music industry that i actually fully 100 percent trust because a lot of these people out there are car salesmen yeah and will be the nicest people to you and hanging hanging out with you but like there might be a slight even the best people might have the slight bit of something weird in the background well it's just like a weird it is a weird business we've touched on it so many times but i think it's like so important like it's one of those things, and I think it's changing now because bands are getting smarter, where like, it's the only business in the world where the band can go out, do a tour, come back in the red, but for some reason, everybody else besides the band will make thousands and thousands of dollars. Like, you can go on a tour, let's say it was like a promotional tour, yeah, and the band comes back in the red because they needed a crew, or they needed this, or they needed that, and nobody in the band makes money but everybody else still commissions. And then the band is sitting there like, wait a minute, our manager made 10 grand, but nobody in the band made money. And it's such a backwards business. And I think that bands are getting smarter now and managers are going to have to adapt because it's the kind of thing where it's like, no man, like it's got to be an equal thing. Like if we don't make money, you can't make money. It can't be like that. Yeah. It can't be based on what the fee that you're seeing prior to expenses. It just doesn't make sense. Finding people you trust in the music industry is Dude. the craziest thing. <laughs> so like you guys Artist. are lucky. And we, we, we like found a now, slice of pizza in Texas. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, I'm just <laughs> it's hard, dude. We're lucky enough that we've, we found really great guys now, but like for a long time, we didn't know, not that they weren't trustworthy or whatever, but like, you just never know. Like, it's really, it's important and it's sick that you've like, yeah, found that dude. Dude, a lot of it is trial and error. And that's just like the way life works. You live and you learn. And you know, when you're in the music industry, as long as you guys have been, or myself and Attila have been you learn the ropes and you figure it out and yeah. you real recognize is real and you, you weed out the fakes. Yeah. Get yeah. the snakes out it's the grass. That your manager has been your manager like the whole time. Like that's not like a, 
you know, it's rare. It's really rare that you're with somebody from pretty much the beginning to, yeah, we've, to now. We've seen a lot of, oh yeah, even us, we've had like four different ones, maybe five even. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like here, here's like, I just thought of this, but here's like the craziest concept to show you like sketchiness in the music industry. Let's say that booking agent one wants this band to do this tour, but for the band, it doesn't actually make sense for them to do that tour at all. Behind the scenes, you, you'll never know this shit, but the other booking agent might be like, yo, bro, I'll give you $2,000 right now, slide it into your account if you can get this band to do this tour or if you can get this band to sign this deal or do this, I'll slip you this under the table. Nobody knows. That shit happens a lot. And Bro. that's crazy to think about because bands don't even know. Everyone's so naive, but like there's so much sh sketchy, shady shit that goes on. And sometimes you would think that people will have your best interest, but they don't have your best interest. Oh, They're getting 100%. slipped cash under the table or incentives or something. There's for sure. It's back, fucked up. Like, like behind the back deals going on a hundred percent between oh, agents. Yeah. And it's like, cause it's like, sometimes you'll hear like, you know, your, your manager say your manager will be like, you know, pushing for something. You don't really know why you're like, okay, there's something going on oh, yeah. here. When you're like, we know this tour isn't good for us. Yeah, or we know this deal isn't good. Why are you and so they're like physically mad? It? When you like say no. And they're like, I can't believe, I can't believe you guys are just being idiots about this. You're like, what? Like, why are you so mad about this? And then you're like, you come to find out you're like, Oh, uh, that agent is giving you another tour for another one of your bands. Yep. But he and, wants us to do this. I don't even it's think it's, yep. I don't even think it's something that's like super ill hearted and like they're bad people. They're just trying to make themselves successful, which in one respect exactly. is, is okay, but they're doing it at the expense of these younger artists. So know what they're doing. And it's like, it fucking sucks. Cause one guy's trying to get rich. The other band's trying to get big, but who's more in control. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's why like, Fans, like let's say fans, for example, are like, yo, we really want to see this tour with this band, this band, this band. It makes perfect sense. Let's do it and have it be the biggest tour ever. But no, because this label or this booking agent wants to put 100% of their artist on it. So rather than creating like a diverse tour that everyone in the world would love, all that's thrown out the window because these people are money hungry and want to just keep their artist on the bill and keep like double dipping booking agents want to make all their own money. It's Dude, like happened to us so many times stupid. where we talk to like our homies and we're like, yeah, we should do a tour. And they're like, we should. And then it go, we're like, cool. The managers talk. And then it just, we never hear anything about it ever again. And, yeah, like, and then you my life. you're like, yo man, like what happened what? us and the band were down. And then our manager, well, not our manager now, but our manager at the time will be like, no man, like they weren't down. But then you talk to the band and the band's like, no, our manager said you guys weren't down. And it's like, eventually you get to the point where you're like, all right, I don't want to like physically fight my manager. So I'm just going to give up on this fucking idea, but it's well, just a, so annoying. There's a lot of beef that goes on behind the scenes. Like, oh, we're not going to do this tour. It just didn't work out. But actually this manager didn't like that manager or this agent and this agent had it had beef. Yeah. So it's like, well, you're fucking over a potentially great package because you guys have an issue, whatever. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, It's fucked up, man. If people work together more and there was less politics and behind the scenes bullshit, I think music would be thriving more, at least like, in my genre of like metal hardcore, I think if people would just team up and work together, it would be a it's lot so better. Funny that you said, I just said this yesterday. I was, <clears throat> I was talking about how in rap and in EDM, everybody is so like click together. Like, like we could send right now, like, like let's say like we're both friends with Abe, send him a song right now. If he likes it, he's going to jump on it, do his thing. And we're just going to put it out. And there's not going to be like the yep. biggest politic 
will be like we're on two different labels and they might have to like do some sort of royalty share, but it won't be a big deal. And that's it. It'll just be out and nobody will care. And we'll play some shows together. He'll come to a show and hop on. But I feel like in band world, like a lot of bands didn't like click up with each other. And it's like, dude, if like the front man from X band and Y, but like got together, it's like, like, dude, the scene would be thriving so oh, yeah. much more if all the bands fucked with each other. And I think that a lot of bands don't realize that it's like, yo, you're like killing your own scene with not fucking with each other. Cause kids see that shit. They're like, yo, this band doesn't fuck with this band and this shit's falling apart. And this band won't do this. And this guy won't feature on here. This band hates this band. They're talking to shit to each other. Yeah. It's like, dude, you guys are just creating like such a negative environment. Like it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. It's another conversation I've had like with a lot of homies, but that's why, you know, rap and EDM are thriving so much more than our scene of music because all those people team the fuck up and hang out with each other and create music together and there's no bullshit or no egos. Everyone's bringing each other up and it's it's inspiring. Yeah. You I got, think it's going to change. I I think I think rock world is going to going to change in that sense because it's like there's the, the mainstream is like all these artists working together that mindset and I know you already have it because you're way ahead of yeah. what you know a lot of people think so like I think it's all going to come back to that for sure. Yeah, so something interesting like this weekend uh, was So What Music Fest, which happened in Houston this year. My record label was one of the main sponsors and we had a, our own stage. So the majority of the bands from our record label were all there together and playing on this stage and watching like, I, I knew that there's a lot of camaraderie between the bands on my record label, but witnessing it in person was the coolest fucking thing ever. Like all the vocalists were like helping each other, like jumping on stage for guest parts. Like all the bands were watching each other, like, you know, tweeting about each other, Instagram about each other, like the camaraderie between the bands on my label, especially like as of this year is the coolest fucking thing I've ever witnessed because I like not trying to like just gas up my label, but I haven't seen anything like that from any other labels no. in, in our genre, at least not in a long, long fucking Since time, like, like a decade, records day, you know? Yeah, but like everyone is like gassing each other up, supporting each other, promoting each other's albums. And it's, I'm witnessing the growth from it. Like I'm witnessing these bands pull each other up and it's not a competition. It's literally just all these dudes teaming up, being homies, kicking it with each other, touring together, guest vocals for each other. And it's helping everyone. And I think that when the world like realizes this, it's going to change everything and maybe yeah. people will come together more. Well, it, it creates a whole vibe between not only like the bands, but your label too. So like it, like, you know, kids that are seeing stay sick records, artists like talking about each other is like, yo, I want to be part of that exactly. crew. So oh, I want to wear the shirt. I want to be, more, I want to wear the, the, the hoodie. I want to be like in a thing, you know, it's, it's, it's a real thing. And you see it created like, I mean, sports teams or like, you know, there's like the ASAP crew or like yeah. any of those guys. And it's like, you want to be a part of it. It's, it's yeah. just a crazy thing. And it's, it's fucking, it's awesome that you're like taking that mentality. And I think, yeah. I think that you'll, without even trying, you'll like rub off on these other bands and stuff. And it'll be like, oh shit, like we should be doing this or we should be doing that. Or, and I think it's like super smart. And it's cool because like the, the family, the sense of family between the label and the bands and, and even the bands and myself and my partner is so cool that there'll even be times where, you know, let's say there's this band crushing it, like on the come up really hard that we haven't even heard of yet. Some of the bands and members on our label will be like, yo, like straight up, I vouch for these guys. They're the real deal. They're my homies. Check them out. And like, let's bring them on board the family. So it's like, 
essentially like sometimes bands and artists will be helping us with like the A&R work and, and helping us find these badass new bands. And it just makes the family bigger and bigger. So So it's really cool. We, uh, so we are like, and now talks with, uh, like Warner brothers and spinning about starting our own label. Oh, Uh, awesome. And it's exactly what we wanted to create. Like we wanted to create such a vibe and like sign artists that like we, that we personally would want to like do songs with or listen to or, and it's like, so, and we wanted to create like a fair, like deal structure too. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, yo, as course. an artist, like, I don't want to take 70% of your fucking yeah, money. Yeah, like, fuck I, that. I mean, I want to make money, but I also at the same time want like you to be happy as an artist. Cause I've been there and I know what it's like. And it's dope that you like did that. And it's really cool to like, see it growing. What do you look for? Like in a band that you're going to sign? Like, are you just look, are you looking for something that you would just listen to? Are you looking for something that you think is like a fucking superstar? talent like what as far as like a band if they're gonna like send you something what are you like on the on the lookout for and that's that's a good question because i know a lot of people that are going to be watching this and listening want to know like how do how does my band get signed and that's a question i get asked a lot so i would say it's a mix of things obviously like the music has to be there i think every label is different but my label isn't trying to change you or tell you how to sound we want you to have your own sound that you believe in and have perfected because we're not going to jump in the studio and tell you to change your shit. Fuck that. I I don't like when labels do that. I I like constructive criticism. I like to give constructive criticism, but first and foremost, I just want to see a band that has their niche, has their music, is has their path and is stoked about it. And I'm stoked about it. Um, I think other than that, a big thing is just um, self-motivation because like, I'm not going to name drop, but in the past, like we've signed bands where I'm like, this music is perfect. There's no way that these guys aren't going to blow up, sign them to our label. And then they just kick back like this. Don't do anything, no work, no effort. And the thing that bands need to realize is the label is here to help and we are going to help and we are going to work hard. But the way your band will succeed on a label and on our label is when we both work together. You can't just kick back and just not do shit. Like, that's not how it works. You have to keep working hard. You have to keep pushing, keep creating. And we're going to be in the background pushing you, uh, marketing you, giving you all the tools that you need to succeed. So self-motivation is a big thing. We, we like when bands are very like self-sufficient, have that mindset, willing to work hard, willing to tour. Um, but yeah, um, musically, like I'm very open to anything. It doesn't have to necessarily be something I would listen to all the time. I'm open to all types of music. Honestly, I listen to everything too. So I'm not like pigeonholing myself into one genre, but um, yeah, any, anything goes. And I'm just excited to work with all these cool bands and everyone on our label. I fucking love. So it's perfect. Yeah. I really think it's, it's, it's funny that you, it's super important. I think now in today's world, especially, I think when we all were coming up, it was a little bit different. It was like, Oh, you got signed to the label. Like, when we were on Fearless, it was like, all right, they told us where to be, what time, what artwork, what this, that, at the, at the beginning. But I think now the people that are really going to make it are the people that are like, yo, I know exactly what I want to do. I know exactly how hard I want to work. I just need a partner to help me make that come re- to, to fruition. And if you're going to work super hard and we're going to work super hard and together it's going to be fucking awesome. And it's the one thing I tell kids all the fucking time that hit us up. I'm like, yo, the number one thing you need to realize is no matter who you're working with, they could be the best guy in the world they're never going to give a shit about your project as much as you're going to give a shit. So like, if you don't really care, they're not really going to care. If you're like, this is to do or die. This is the most important thing to me. Then they're going to like take that lead and be like, oh shit, this kid fucking cares. We're going to run with this. 
Because at the end of the day, it's like if a band signs to your label and they just start slacking, you're like, cool, I got 10 other bands to fucking worry about that oh, I need yeah. to deal with that want to be here. So if you're going to like kind of just drop the ball, it's like, cool, we're going to work with these bands that want to do something. So it's really about like, how bad do you want it? And we're going to be like your partner there. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of become like, once again, like live and learn. You know, I learned, I made that mistake. And now it's like, I, I vet I vet bands a little harder to see like, hey, are you touring? Like, are you, you know, are you self-sufficient? And the bands that I'm more likely to sign are the bands that are already touring on their own. Like, you don't have to be booking like international crazy ass tours, but I like to see that a band is doing like weekend runs or doing week long tours and grinding and Willing networking. Grind. And, you know, because if you already have that passion and that energy, then signing to my label is just going to throw fuel in the fire and blow shit up. Exactly. If you don't have that energy and you don't have that passion to begin with, then I don't even fuck with you. Especially like in your, your guys's like genre and circle, like, like there's no radio really. There's no, there's no, you're not going to go on tour with fucking ASAP Berg or ASAP Rocky or whatever. And like get that clout and like blow up. It's really like a, you need to work fucking hard and you to need become to, a you big need to tour. Uh, yeah. You need to tour. It, it's all touring. Really. I, I had this conversation with um, a band on the label recently and I was like, look straight up, like you can, you can do all the shit you want on social media. You can do, you know, promote your music online. But what it comes down to is touring because when these people see you and meet you face to face and shake your hand and get a photo with you and get to talk with you, all of a sudden they're 100 times more invested in your band and your music. And that's something that was always really important for Attila because people hear our music and they're like, this dude is fucking crazy. Like this dude's a douchebag. This dude sucks. Come fucking meet me. Like come hang out with me. Like take a photo with me. Let's have a conversation. And instantly you're going to be, you're going to respect me and you're going to fuck with me for life. And yeah, it's easy. Like, that it makes a whole difference touring. Like you need to make that FaceTime. hundred percent. There's, yeah. there's so many different grinds that like you have to just be able to do now. You know what I mean? It has to be the touring grind. It has to be the online grind. And it's like, you know, before you, a kid gets signed, you kind of think like, oh, I'm going to get signed and that's it. I'm rich. My life is made. Like, oh, everything's yeah. golden. There's that like before you ever had a record deal. Like little do you, you know like, when you get a record deal, you are negative money. Yeah, you owe yeah, no, money. like, you know, so it's, 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 it's good. Like that's a, that's a really good advice to give kids. It's like, when you get signed is kind of when the actual grind really has to start. Yeah. Well, because you become a business before that it's a hobby. Once you get signed, it's like, all right, man, like here we are. We essentially got uh, investment from an investor. Now it's time to like, exactly to start your business. If I'm throwing money into your band, I want to make that money back. I'm going to work. I'm going to put in the effort. So you need to put in the effort too. Exactly. <laughs> so as a label, you sign a band, you like, let's say, do you, put them in a network with producers. Are you like, like, yo, like these are the guys we like working with. We're going to like pay for your record. Like what, as a label in 2019, what do you guys like do? You know what I mean? So most of our effort is with obviously like there's the aspect of we're the bank. We're going to supply the money for the record, for the music videos, for, you know, promotional photos, whatever you need. Um, and we can supply money for other things too. Like if we're going to do a radio push or this or that, um, and then most of our efforts are focused around marketing because at the end of the day, like marketing is the biggest thing because that's what puts people in front of your music. Um, also, like having our distro deal, um, we have so many connections with playlisting. And as you guys know, and everyone in the music industry is well aware of, getting on that big Spotify playlist or that Apple Music playlist is one of the biggest things you can yeah, have it's right now. It's an absolute now. game changer. It's, it's a game changer. So, you know, as of, 
as of this past year, we have all those connections with the playlist, which is massive for our label. You know, whenever our bands drop a new album or new new EP or whatever, we're able to get their music on those playlists. And all of a sudden you're in front of like 200,000 new listeners and or more depending on the list. So that's like a huge aspect. But, um, you know, as far as like the band's recording go goes, we can always suggest producers or help out with that. But believe it or not, more often than not, these bands already have like their own set producer or people that they already work with. And we never like to interrupt that flow. So if you have a dude that you fuck with, the product is great. You like working with this producer, go for it. We're not going to force you to go anywhere different or change what you're doing. We're more of just like a support and here's the money that you need. Here's this, here's that. Are you actively like all the time? Because I know you're you're like a super active guy and you're always like on the lookout. Are you on the lookout for bands all the time? Are people just sending you demos? Is it a collective of everything? You have a guy at the office actively looking? Like, is it just a kind of a mix of everything? It's a total mix. Like there's times where I'll discover a band or an artist and just on my own or people will hit me up and I'll check it out. Or sometimes it's, you know, just a fucking homie will be like, dude, have you heard, you know, this band or this artist? And I check it out and I'm like, fuck yeah, like, thanks for showing me. Like, they're great. You know, I'd love to work with them. So it ranges. It can be like just a friend. It can be like, like I told you, sometimes bands on our own label will be like, yo, this band has been a best friends of ours for three years. They're working really hard and their new album is actually fucking incredible. You should check it out. And, you know, we'll always check it out. We'll always listen to suggestions. And sometimes it's other people that work, work in the office and work at the label that'll just be like, hey, you know, I was scouting around and I found this band and I went to their show and they're fucking sick. great. Yeah. So sometimes we just find bands completely randomly and organically. Like I'll be on tour with Attila and I'll just watch the local opener band straight up. Like yeah, I've signed, gotta be sick. I've you're signed to like, the local opener band yeah. and then you, you just walk out and you're like, I want to sign your band. Like that's just, <laughs> that's, that's just such a crazy thing. Like yeah. that happened. Yeah, dude. It's like, that's, that's why I think a lot of bands like want to get on a tilt, like, open up for the Attila tour. Cause they know like I'm showcase. I'm that fucking dude that will watch the local band. Like I, I do that shit. I'll show up to local shows. Like I'll watch the local band. And if I fuck with you, I'll talk with you after and be like, yo, I fuck with you. I, I see a lot of potential here. I don't know if you know, but I own a record label. Like let's yeah. talk more. How do you, so how do you like, cause you're also a dad also, which yeah. I imagine is like probably like the coolest thing you yeah, can do. The, the hardest job and the, the most, like full-time job. How do you like juggle like touring, dad life, record label, clothing company? Cause it's so many things, you know what I mean? And like, as like a, as like an entrepreneur and all this, you have to be literally working like 24 seven, whether it be your family or your clothing company or your record label. Like you're obviously a person that likes doing that. Yeah. How, how does it, you know, how, how is it like, I'm going fucking insane to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, you probably love it. He's like, I fucking hate it. I'm, I'm going fucking insane, but no, I, I think that like, I've always lived a high stress lifestyle. So just having a lot of high stress in my life is just kind of like keeps my fucking motor running. How many coffees you rock um, a day? I rock like two venti iced Americanos a day. So I'm ripping like eight shots of a Starbucks. We're on the same page. Right. I knew we were the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, the motor's constantly running. It doesn't really shut off. And I don't really consider myself to have like days on or days off. It's literally just nonstop. Thing. I just work every day and you know, it ne doesn't necessarily have to be like a grueling work day, but every day I am working and doing something, whether it's for the clothing line, for the label, for my band, for my family, for anything, like I'm doing something. So that's the way I like to keep it. And 
I think like, honestly, a few years ago, I started uh, my own mobile app. I did, I had like all these other companies on top of everything I'm doing. And I think that's where I hit my limit. And I really had to like self-reflect because I realized that me starting all these side businesses and being a part of all these like companies and LLCs with all these different people across the world, like I had my hands way too full and I was spreading myself thin. And at that point in life, I really like had to take a look back and say, hey, I'm doing so much that I'm giving less time to my companies that need the most attention. So that's when I kind of consolidated and I dropped a few companies. Um, I dropped my mobile app. I really cut a lot out of my life and said, hey, I need to focus on Attila, Stay Sick Clothing, Stay Sick Recordings. That's the trifecta. Those are the three most important things. If I have more time, I can dabble with other shit, but that's the three most important things that I need to be focusing on as far as business goes. And of course, like focusing on my family is just a, um, a given and something that I'm always going to do and have to do. But um, yeah, as far as business goes, I really had to like consolidate and push some shit out so I could make more time for what matters most. Well, I mean, that's a job in itself is like realizing when you need to like self-reflect, you know what I mean? So a lot of people don't even get to that point and they just keep going and going and then burn themselves out and they crash. And like, it's really important to like sit back, step back and be like, okay, I need to fucking chill. Yeah. Because it can go crazy. Like you can just lose your and shit. I, I was reaching that point. I was burnt out and I really had to like bite the bullet, you know? Yeah. I lost a shitload of money with my mobile app and it was kind of like, uh, I'm not mad about it though because, you know, it was a really expensive lesson. You yeah. know, some people pay shitloads of money for college and barely learn shit. I spent a shitload of money to develop my own social media app and learned a lesson. Yeah. And yeah. I grew from it and became smarter. So I'm not mad about it. Fuck it. No, the oh, lo- I mean, the losses are lessons and the wins are wins. You know what I mean? That's like what we always try to say. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, man. I mean, Fuck, thank bro. you for stopping there, by. Is there, is, there any, is there any last minute thing you want to yeah, say? Solid little last minute. Ooh, well, I mean, I think the viewers should know that we're, we've been like, best friends for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, we, we haven't touched on you know, that. We, like, we've had a lot of... Uh, we've had a you, lot. I, to touch on that, when did you guys meet? Because I met you through then. They already knew you got you. When, did, when was you the first time we ever. met? What tour was it? Was it Warped? Like 2012 or something? I know yeah. 2014 is when we all became like... Because really we were pretty good. much the craziest people on the tour and nobody yeah. could keep up with us. So we just found each other. <laughs> and then we like... I remember Warped is definitely when we like reached our peak of bromance. Like shit yeah. really ramped up. But... I just remember like, I, I feel like Attila and Breathe Carolina were like two of the bands people kind of didn't fuck with, like, yeah. you know? So people told us about you guys. I will never, <laughs> I, literally anytime you guys were brought up, it was like, you guys aren't friends with Attila. We'd be like, no, we like know them. We're not like, like close homies. They'd be like, they're the perfect match. You guys need to be their friends. Cause like <laughs> we, uh, we've done some sick shit together. That's we went to sure. Japan together. Bro. Yeah. We went to Dude, Japan, Japan together. Fire. Yeah. Dude, we've, we've had a lot of crazy nights. We haven't touched on that, but we've definitely had a lot of good bro nights, a lot of wild fucking crazy nights. Like Went to your house for Thanksgiving, bro. Yeah, Remember dude, that? That, that's some real shit. I mean, I barely did because I was so hammered. You had when the you most dank prime rib ever. Yeah, dude. He's like, shouts yeah, out. still, yeah, I cooked that shit. Yeah, uh, shouts out. I actually didn't cook it, but it was at my house, so fuck it. I think oh, it so good. to touch on that, like that, I think the reason we clicked so well, and I think honestly the reason that we've both done so well in our lane is that we are the outsiders. Like oh, yeah. you guys can't really tour with anybody, but can also tour with everybody. We yeah. always had that problem where it was like, yep. who are you going to tour with? We're like, well, we could technically tour with One Direction, but we could also technically tour with fucking Attila and we could tour with, 
Hollywood Undead, but we could tour with a pop. You know, it was like this. You guys are in the same yeah. lane where it's like you could tour with Five Finger Death Punch, but you could also tour. You guys played the insane well, clown posse thing, and it yeah, like went and it over works. well. It works. We all yeah. have the same. Uh, we don't give a fuck mentality, and like yeah. a lot of people say that, but a lot of people don't actually not live that or like actually don't give a fuck. And I think that's what made us so close is we were both like, yeah. fuck everyone. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Like we're fucking partying all day. Fuck everyone. <laughs> like that's just had the vibe. That was so sick. Yeah, we were the outsiders of Warp Tour, but uh, but also had the biggest also crowds. Had the, yeah, Warped also had the biggest crowds. So it was like <laughs> I got no problem saying it. Us, to, our yeah. fans had the biggest crowds. Straight up, Warped Tour, no the problem. The biggest crowds and not many people fucked with us. Yeah. So we just kind of stuck together and became yeah. best friends, and it was sick. Fire. Well, bro, thank you so much for being on this, man. It's been fucking yeah. Thanks for fun. having me. I love to fucking talk. I can talk forever, and yeah. So perfect. Glad Amazing. glad I'm here in LA, and we got to meet up and do this, baby. Woo woo. Yeah, son.